This is the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. If you're curious about innovations in ag tech, rural entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, or food security, this is the show for you. Let's get started. there. Thanks so much for joining this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter, and it's my pleasure to bring you these stories every week of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agriculture. This show is a part of the Farm and Rural Ag Network, so if you like ag podcasts and want to check out some others, head over to farmruralag.com. Well, this is another installment of our series called Stories from the Soil. I was very excited this past summer to partner with uh, the good folks over at Cool Planet, who make Cool Terra. It's an engineered biocarbon product. You've, you've heard Jim Lore on the show a couple times in the past talking about that. Anyway, we partnered together and traveled around the country to talk to farmers and land stewards and experts in soil health just to get their perspective about how they're looking at this, this field of soil health, this uh, field that has so much interesting information to it, but also so much that we're, we're still learning about what's going on in our soils. And if you want to learn about agriculture, I I can think of no better way than to go spend some time with a farmer who's been doing it for a very long time. Go out to his farm and just ask questions, his or her, I should say, and and just ask questions um, about what they do, why they do it, how they came to that conclusion. Uh, And that's exactly what we did and what I'm going to get to share with you here on this show today. We were out in Soledad, California, which is uh, in the Salinas Valley, uh, the, the salad bowl of the world, I believe they call it. And I met with uh, farmer Israel Morales. Um, Israel Morales has been farming in California for um, a long time. I know know 30 plus years, maybe closer to 40 years. Um, He's been farming in California. And he talks about this special piece of ground where uh, they do farm organically and how it's been transformed from vacant land into what it is today. And just understanding Uh, First of all, how much he loves what he does. Second of all, how he's approached the various challenges he's encountered and sort of what his um, end result is of of how he chooses to farm there in Soledad. So anyway, I really enjoyed this chat with Israel. I think you're going to get a good dose of his special personality and unique viewpoint on agriculture and farming, I think you're going to love it. So without further ado, here is Israel Morales talking about, first of all, how he made his way out to California. Well, my uh, whole family, my dad was working on on Texas, on the the farms, on the ranches. So we came here to California probably in 1964, 65, and, and then 1969, I got married. So once I got married, I stayed here forever. So my family went back to Texas, but uh, myself, I stayed here and got three kids and a wife and, and made my living here. I love this place, though. It's a nice weather, nice, beautiful growing. You know, that's a beautiful weather. You can grow a lot of water, beautiful water, too. So good water. So 
It's nice for the farming. And it was extremely nice when we were out there. It was sunny, but not too hot. Uh, just beautiful sort of misty fog and, and just a fantastic place to be in general. And if you've never been to Salinas Valley, I, I highly encourage you to go there because the agriculture is so different from anywhere else, at least I've ever been, um, because it's it's very vegetable based. So every field could be a different type of vegetable, maybe leafy green, cauliflower, celery. It's, it's really, really cool. And so um, I wanted to make sure I got Israel to tell us a little bit about what he grows there at his farm in Salinas. We grow, I say, everything that we grow here, uh, celery, cauliflower, broccoli, lettuce, uh, romaine, spinach, arugula, chard, uh, kale. Uh, Grown a lot more, too. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and multi-leaves, uh, all the mixed lettuce. And I got mint. So as you can tell, Israel's farm is both productive and diverse with the amount of produce uh, he can grow there in Soledad. What's interesting is as productive as that ground is, uh, it wasn't long before. Uh, it was just a matter of years that it was just fallow ground. It, it was not being farmed at all. And it took some time and definitely some effort on the part of uh, the Morales family to nurse it into the healthy soils that were producing so much food here today. And I wanted to know a little bit more about the process of, of how that ground came to be. We started out this uh, company about around five years ago. We want to do some uh, organic. Big Smith, which he owns uh, some conventional and organic farms, but that's when we started out between him and I, and, uh, and we started out with a small ranch, and, and we wanna we wanna develop the soil. This soil, some of this soil, there was ten years without the crops. It was just left and weeds because the condition of this soil is more gravelly, decomposed granite. So it's not the candidate for farming, and that was more for grapes and things like that. So we come in and, and uh, we start working this ground to to bring them back at, like a farming, a regular farming. So we, we have a special uh, special way to do it that we've been doing it for a long time. Uh, but we have a uh, um, conservation tillage. What we do, we, we rip this ground, trying to break the hard pan about 30, 30 some inches, break the hard pan, and then we do, we bring and form these beds, high beds. Then we have a special tiller, what they call a reverse tiller. They use them a lot in Europe. And, so we reverse, we pick up all this dirt and all the trash and whatever is on that bed. And then it's got some wires on the back, some rods on the back that the trash goes to the bottom and the dirt goes in between. So you put in your habits, your, your green manures down on the bottom and you cover them up with dirt. Once we do that, and then we come back with the water and we seal the the top of that bed so we don't let gases evaporate and come out the greenhouse gases. So you can go in any field that we have, dig it out, you can smell the gas when we trap in it. And we don't disturb that soil until we're ready to plant. And why is that important? It is very important because 
when we don't let the gases escape, which will mess up the planet, we do feed the microbes that's on the soil. We need to feed them and get the bad guys out of there. You know, we had, when we come in, we had a damping off, we had a spinach just dying in a spot. So the fungi was dead, but we bring them back and now it's, it's working really well. So, and plus using the resources, we have resources, the water, the light, all of those resources, we save in it because we have a place where we can keep that moisture in the bed. This land is around here, they'll run over. All the water, just as soon as you put the sprinkles, they start running, not on our ground. Doesn't have any runoff, no runoff. The, all the ground, all the water stays on that bed. So when you do that, we're using the resources that we have, which is water, nutrients, in the right way. So it's been improving this soil a lot. Christian is going to work with the... Uh, uh, trace genomics. Trace genomics, which is... Uh, it runs some of the microbes, and, mm -hmm. and they're reading all the carbon on the soil, oxygen on the soil, that what you, you don't get, the microbes, they need that, and the plants, they need that too. So, so by keeping it and increasing the organic matter, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. See, we need to increase the organic matter, and 1% uh, that we can increase the organic matter, we can store 20,000 gallons of water in the field. So we, our goal is to increase the organic matters, which you destroy with the farming, but not in our case, we want to increase it. That's why we use chicken pellet, because we can increase the organic matter. We use cover crops. Every block has a cover crop. We use compost at the end. So we get in all of these on the green manures. We put the compost, incorporate it, seal it, and leave it alone. You're ready for the following year. So that's the winter time. That's when we do that. But Christian is working more on the, on the micros and everything. I understand it because I heard so many times. I went to so many seminars, heard so many people talk about that. I never see it, but I believe it. You heard him mention Christian. Christian Morales is his grandson who's in his early 20s and has joined the farm full time. Uh, he was out there with us and loves learning from, from his, his grandfather and getting involved in, in the family farming operation, which I think is just a really cool aspect about farming in general is, is how generational it is. I captured some uh, uh, audio with Christian while I was out there. Hopefully, I can include that on a future episode of this podcast. So make sure you're sus subscribed and stay tuned for that. What struck me about Israel in general is just how much he loved farming. He still loves every aspect of it, including the problem-solving process. But I and I mean, to me, it's, it's a challenge to come up with better ideas. You know, I got I had a one field. At a one field, they got a lot of weeds, and then the other ranch, a lot of weeds. And then the chipper told me, he said, Israel, you're going to have to disc it. And I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. He said, well, what are you thinking? I said, well, I think it's a challenge for me. How can I come up with something that I can work on those weeds? Because it's going to be a problem all the time, the more and more, mm -hmm. more time. So I come up with a, some kind of roller, move with a hydraulic motor, and it works so beautiful that most of the weeds, I got rid of it, and it come up with a new idea. Yeah, you so, made your own implement. Yeah, yeah. Is that the first time you've done that? 
It's the first time I did that, but all this equipment, I we build it up. We design it, we build it. You design and build your own equipment. Yeah. Is that because you can't find what you need from the dealership or because yeah, it's cheaper? Yeah, I think, I think it's that and, you know, and I want it this certain way. And But I don't, and not only me, as Christian, as Carlos, as the whole group, they can say, this is what I need in mind. This mm-hmm. is what I so the design is actually a whole group. The ingenuity uh, of the farmer is is pretty amazing. How they are solving problems to make tools that they need that that fits exactly the way they want to farm. And Israel is definitely a fantastic example of that. And and I wanted to dive a little deeper into the way Israel likes to farm. He had mentioned conservation tillage a couple times to me. And obviously, in farming in systems like this, it's not so easy to just say, oh, we're, we're just you know, not going to till at all. It, it, it's uh, There's a lot of complications that go along with that, even though, as you'll hear other episodes in the series, um, advocate for reduced tillage or even no-till, one size does not fit all. And, and I want to continue to drive that message home in stories from the soil. Uh, so when you're looking at farming operations out in this part of the world, um, it's it's not no-till, that's, that's for sure. However, um, Israel has adopted a form of conservation tillage that works for him. And uh, he, I was glad he was willing to share more about that with us. We, uh, we do four passes. We do four passes. First pass, he'll come down one ripper with a pole chunk, and he goes in the center of the bed. Then we come back another operation that we do two chunks on this bed, and we rip whatever's left. So we got wind, so we break in on the bottom of this and also break in the side. And then we come back with a bar, kind of clean up the furrows and bring in the dirt inside. And then the fourth operation, we have a reverse tillage, which will turn reverse. The tiller turns this way. This one is a reverse tillage. And what it does, it'll, it'll get all the solid, all the heavy rocks and everything goes to the bottom. And then the dirt goes on top. That's what you see here. So that'll give it a chance to to decompose, to break down food for the microbes, and also some organic matters, to build this soil with the organic matter. Then we'll come back and open it up when it's time. So we don't, we don't open it up right away. We don't want gases to escape. We want to con- keep those gases into the bed, into the, the longest we can. And then when we break it down, we don't disturb the soil. We just push it back, plant on it like a seed. That's that's conservation tillage. It's minimize your passes. And sorry, our audio got cut off there a little bit, but uh, Israel goes on to say to minimize your passes and to build the microbial activity in the soil. I wondered with Israel, just you know, years of in decades of, of farming experience, what was it that sticks with him most about the most important things he's learned, the biggest lessons he's learned about farming? And even though Israel does farm on a large scale, he is by by all measures a commercial farmer. It still gets back to some conventional wisdom that you have probably heard before uh, about a farmer's footsteps in the field. When I first got this job. It was an old man. He was retiring, Art Swank, and uh, and he said, "You're gonna stay on the ranch. You're gonna be the farmer." And I said, oh my God! And then uh, so I told him, I said, "Art, 
you have to teach me how do, how do I know that this crop needs fertilizer? How do, how do I know? And they say, uh, your footprint is the best fertilizer. Walk the field. And he was right. You walk the field, you know this is what I need. This is soil health. I did this. First time I did this, he had uh, 20 acres of cauliflower like this. And I did half of it this way and half of it the conventional way. And then the cauliflower grew up almost the same. But I noticed when it was hot, the one it was conventional was wilting down, not the one it was on conservation tillage. Mm. And at the end, this one come out a little better. It's really something to hear decades of farming and learning and testing and trying new things and creating new equipment and all of the lessons that go into that. You know, it's impossible to share with you on one podcast. It was impossible for me to gather with one day visiting Israel. And I I wonder about just the, the knowledge transfer of farmers like Israel. How do we get everything that's in his head um, to the next generation, to, to, to his grandson Christian, to the next people that are going to be taking over because uh, it's just difficult to replace decades of experience like Israel had. So I asked him, I said, are you going to retire Israel and maybe write a book about how to do all this stuff? And here was his response. Somebody asked me that question, Israel, when you retired? And I say, well, in my mind, you know, somebody goes, say, go to the office every day, every day, and he got 20-some years on the office, and he wants to retire. He retired because he wants to do what he really loved to do, right? It was not going on the office what he loved to do. And then if he wants to paint, paint and sell the frames, and if he wants to play mechanic, fix cars and sell them. I say, I'm, I love to do what I do. So I'm actually retired. I'm just doing what I love to do. I was hard not to really just respect and admire Israel as a person and what he's built uh, in his family's farming operation. To close out, I wanted to ask Israel about sort of the secret to building soil health. And I was surprised to hear uh, Israel say the secret really is just in balance. Well, you don't have the balance. You have to balance your soils. So, so you know, we need 68% calcium, 12% magnesium, and we need so much nitrogen to grow. So you, your soils have to be unbalanced. So when you get new ground or somebody else's ground, you had to test it. We still test it every year, but you had to test it and find out where you at your level because that's important. It's important for that crop to grow uniform, to grow, even if it's not tall crop, but it has all the components, you know. If I'm low on potassium, more likely the town of Soledad will be low on potassium because we all related somehow. So I had to make sure that my ground is on balance like your body, I have to be in balance, right? I got a high cholesterol, but quit eating the stuff that give you high cholesterol and balance it out. You'll be okay. Do you still talk to other farmers in the area? And learn oh, yeah, 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 we do. We all buddies, friends, and and uh, we all respect it. There's a lot of harmony, a lot of friendship up here. 
Well, this was certainly a special visit to Soledad, California. Uh, definitely go check out storiesfromthesoil.com to see the video of uh, Israel and Christian Morales and their operation in Soledad, California. And if, if you're a YouTube person, make sure you also subscribe to Stories from the Soil on YouTube because there's going to be, uh, at least in this first series, 10 episodes uh, with different perspectives like that of Israel Morales. So thank you to the Morales family for allowing us to come visit. Certainly had a wonderful time uh, in Soledad, California. Um, and for all of you listening, I hope you enjoyed that interview and uh, got a good dose of, of the value of talking to someone who's been farming f- literally f- for decades and what that can teach us about agriculture and the future of agriculture. Well, we will be back next week as we continue on, have another exciting episode uh, with a, a totally different perspective on agriculture next week with another startup founder. So make sure you are subscribed to the show and we'll be back next week. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast. If you like what you heard here today, I'd love to connect with you further. Go over to futureofag.com. That's futureofag.com. And let me know a good email address for you so we can keep in touch. Also, you'll be able to check out a ton of bonus content on the blog while you're there. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch another fascinating ag innovator here next week. Hey.